electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Got another solid pre-market. We'll see if it lasts. S&P is set to open at the highs for the week and down just 10 points from last Friday's close as investors show some comfort in Evergrande headlines and even a more hawkish than expected Fed. VIX below 20. Our roadmap begins with that clawback. Stocks look to rally for the second day as the Fed gets ready to roll back that massive stimulus. Plus, preparing for its demise, Beijing asking local officials to prepare for what they're calling a possible storm. That is, if Chinese property giant Evergrande fails. And a vaccine boost. The FDA does give Pfizer's booster the green light as the U.S. notches its slowest vax week since July. Jim, though, sounds like you're impressed with um, the market's ability to handle some of well, at least a more hawkish dot plot than we thought. Well, look, I think that was more important was that there were a lot of people who kept talking about <laughs> about China and how Evergrande is a Lehman moment. What they aren't doing when they, when they do that is they're not watching our own Eunice Hu, who's really a remarkable reporter. And I say this over and over again because I think she is the bravest we have. She made it very clear this morning. She was actually in front of the abandoned building, the empty buildings, uh, that, and is basically saying, look, they're not going to let the policyholders, because they have a wealth management division, and they're not going to let the people who put up money for properties, of which she said they are $300,000 units, they're not going to let them lose the money. Uh, they're also going to make sure that there's no, no social unrest. David, this Lehman moment was something that was created by people in the media in the U.S. Right. True. Um, but I will say that there is a concern that the, you know, the overall food chain in the real estate industry is going to experience a lot of volatility in China. Well, and that... Um, and again, to go back to Evergreen, you're right. I mean, what you've been reporting seems to or hearing seems to be reflected yeah. in what we're hearing reported from the ground there. Consumers are going to get relief. But Economy's if you're an equity slow. holder in Evergrande or even a debt holder, you're not going to be getting Well, that's much. the point. President um, Xi doesn't want those people to get but, the money. They right. are they're out because they're part of the but, rich cohort who are not part of the common... But there is an overall belief that, you know, bankruptcies will follow in other parts of the real estate industry. Yeah, but he doesn't like that. have a growing share of real estate be held by uh, the state-owned enterprises. Right. Don't forget, real estate represents, I think, as much as 20% of the Chinese economy. It's the most important single part of the economy and has been the single greatest builder than, of wealth. More than 30%. Bu- right. Greatest Did builder you see of wealth. The Shanghai, I mean, you look at the stock market in, in, in China, it hasn't really done much for quite some time. However, if you own an apartment in Shanghai, you know, you're, you're sitting on a five-fold gain over Well, over but you're not supposed to be making any money in real estate. This is communist China. They hate oh. that. Mao hated money oh. being made in real estate. By the way, another thing that we've been reporting over there that is so amazing is that Ant Financial. Uh, this is, uh, I don't know if you watch Arjun. Arjun Karpal. I mean, you got to get up. Like, you can't, I don't like to sleep on Tuesdays. And he comes on. Uh, he is saying that Ant Group is now getting, has to give all the data to the government. 
Now, isn't that a prelude to what? Do you think cryptos, they're going to get it with crypto? Eunice and RJ, they're reporting stories that no one else is reporting. <laughs> and, and I got to tell you, I love them for their bravery. Uh, we are starting to hear from um, financial executives. The head of UBS says Evergrande is, quote, not keeping me up at night, says direct exposure is immaterial. We're going to keep watching that. And Eunice Yoon can help us make some sense of the picture on the ground, in, including these journal headlines this morning. Hi, Eunice. Hey, Carl. Well, yeah, the journal is quoting sources as saying that the central government has ordered local officials to prepare for a possible storm. And so that means reaching out to state and private developers uh, to try to work out uh, possible takeovers of local real estate projects to uh, mitigate the economic impact, especially when it comes to homeowners as well as jobs, to uh, set up some teams to prevent unrest, and then finally to um, only step in at the last minute, and that is um, if Evergrande isn't able to sort out its own issues in an orderly fashion. So this report really does support the general feeling here that Beijing uh, is not looking for a way to directly support Evergrande, but instead is looking for alternative routes and uh, preferably for Evergrande to be able to uh, work out its own issues. And uh, late last night, the founder had convened a meeting of 4,000 managers where he said that they needed to go all in to try to guarantee homes for um, home buyers and to make sure that wealth investors uh, feel as though they are a top priority. And in fact, the financial regulators about a week ago had made those recommendations to the company. Uh, so uh, the, the but as you guys were talking about, I'm actually standing right now in front of an unfinished uh, real estate project of Evergrande and homeowners have been coming here all day. Um, they have been looking for information. They've been very uncertain about a lot of these news headlines, including the latest that Evergrande's EV unit uh, has stopped um, has has uh, uh, stopped uh, uh, paying some of its staff um, and also some of its suppliers. So when they're seeing these kind of headlines, they get really nervous about what's happening. And then, of course, there's the latest, and that is that the company is supposed to uh, make an interest payment on a dollar-denominated bond. And so far, it has not resolved exactly how it plans to do that. Guys? Eunice, why uh, is, is President Xi and company, so to speak, bailing out the wealth management people? Those people tend to have a lot of wealth. In, the, in common prosperity, a lot of wealth doesn't cut it. I understand trying to help people. Thank you for the $300,000 number for the apartments that you gave us. But why is wealth management being bailed? Yeah. Well, I think it's because there have been so many people who have put money into these financial products. And so what we are seeing is that a lot of the people who were mobbing the Evergrande offices around the country were the financial products investors. So if you talk to home buyers, they say, hey, we're the ones who actually put down deposits. We're, we're the ones who have our um, life savings wrapped up in our homes. We should be the priorities. But then um, wealth investors have also said, well, we have put a lot of these money, this, our own money into these products, and we need to make sure we get our money back. So um, because of these uh, protests that we're seeing um, and that are happening all around the country, including here in Beijing, uh, the government um, had made this recommendation to um, Evergrande to make sure that it does make the wealth investors at least feel that they are a priority. 
It does make you remember, Jim, uh, sort of what we went through in the housing crisis when yes. you had you had financial institutions at risk. Uh, you couldn't let them collapse, and yet the moral hazard uh, involved and people who were irresponsible with their mortgages, perhaps. You don't want to let the general public fail at large. Yes, but I think that uh, I've been saying that President Xi overreached here because all the other things that he's done, I mean, when he decides to slap down the video games, okay, so cut down video games, uh, cut down ride-sharing money, uh, uh, make it so that only David can find Jack Ma, who was once very influential. <laughs> and then you get to this, and he really, I believe, wanted to get the richest man in China, which is the man who ran Evergrande, and the top people from Evergrande, and he wasn't able to do it. He wasn't able to surgically remove the money of the top guys without bringing down the edifice of a company that owes $300 billion. This is the right. first mistake oh. I've seen him make. But they also were slowing overall the the property development cycle, right? I mean, right. there are, there have been fewer people. I mean, that's in but part. I don't think he this knew. is a company that was based on the next sale, but, the next sale, but, very levered. So but do you think he knew I, I how people know. were I like getting they, parking spots I, in return for? I do, I do. You do? I, yeah, I don't think that that was a big secret. Well, then why We've been couldn't, talking about why a couldn't level you of speculation them in China the for many, many years. Why couldn't you just say, listen, here's the people who won't lose money? I don't know. But this That's is far what I need from over, and we'll see how it actually ends up. Listen, land sales are a very important driver as well for local government revenue uh, in China. Uh, and the question really also will be, I think, for so many U.S.-based investors, what does it mean for companies that do rely on the consumer in China? This is not done yet in terms of as a story. You know, is Nike foot is traffic into Nike stores at the same level it was? Let's prepare uh, for what that. What is it quarter. going to mean prepare for, for, for things of that nature? See, I, I think that what, what a lot of people who keep thinking that she is president for life, he is not yet president for life. And this is a very important constituency that he cannot afford to lose, which is basically housing. As David said, there's like a guy on the committee of the seven who's in charge of housing. And he's trying to figure out right now, does she deserve to be president for life? I mean, literally, this is, I mean, look, I'm not saying it's like, you know, there's Democrats versus Republicans. I am saying that there is accountability. And even President Xi, whom we now regard as basically Mao or Stalin, he's not. You're not saying he's not going to go for another round. Oh, he wants another round, but I think he has to be more careful than he thought. I do not understand why people think that this country is necessarily united on someone who may have made a major mistake here. It was a mistake. He is not that powerful that he can anger this big a number of people. When you hear that he says he's monitoring unrest, this is China for heaven's sake. Well, yeah, listen, if you've spent most of your life savings on an apartment that's not going to get done and has no prospect of getting done, you're going to be pretty upset. Right. Yes. But I'm saying that he had to figure out a way to be able to bail out everybody. Look, you've got those 4,000 people, the media. No one's talking about those people being disenfranchised. Right. They're getting to keep the money. That is not what she wanted. I'm just saying, can we just stop thinking that everything she does is right? No, I'm not saying well, we that don't necessarily do that, but we are following we this don't. because of no, because of uh, both what it means for the world's second largest economy and demand there, and secondarily because of con continued concerns about contagion. Even though those may be very well overblown, in terms of you never know. We've certainly learned that from the past. That's why we're focused on the story. Well, also, and let's remember when he gets the financial data. Let's not. Look, this Argent piece about how they are now have to share all data with the government. Well, the only place left that the Chinese can have money is crypto. Now, do we really think that Gensler is tougher than she? <laughs> or this potential new nominee for OCC, which we might talk about a little bit later. 
Yeah. And I her mean, view on, on what crypto does to what, what she sees as an already dysfunctional financial system. I know. But I've got to tell you, if I'm she, I'm saying right now, hey, what, you know, what, we should let them have all the Ethereum they want. You think he, President Xi is going to ultimately shut down? They're gonna, he's going to shut down crypto. If he's telling Ant Financial, which was so important that we want all the data, well, do you think he's just going to let people take their money out of Ant and go buy crypto and right. say, hey, you know what? Coinbase, we're in. Tether? You may be right. By the way, we should point out Ant is still a private company. It never did go public. It was supposed to have been public as long as a year ago at this point. It would have been the largest uh, initial public offering of all time uh, until the rules were changed unexpectedly. Yeah. Ant is toast. No, toast is worth $30 billion. Yeah, you were, your toast call yesterday so far is looking very, you're looking burned. No, no, I'm yeah. saying it's not worth $30 billion. Oh, I know I'm that. Not, but you I, said it was, you, were, I, you were very negative. Priced at 40 I, and I, opened I, at 60. I am very negative because you it's a third. very thir- negative. Look, if, 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 if Pfizer, Pfizer decided to give away the technology in order to be able to get the back end, Clover, they'll do it, Okay. Now we're talking about, by the way, a very large I, IPO that I, took I, place I, yesterday, which the IPO uh, market yesterday was quite strong. Not to mention that Universal Music Group offering a couple okay. of days back. I, I, it's wow. a very robust IPO market. I am, and I shouldn't have conflated toast with Ant, but I just liked it for the moment. That's but I think that, again, I'm going to just wrap everything up. I think she overstepped, but I think he continues to get all the data that he wants. And data, as he would tell you, is king. Okay. And I think that the IPO market is completely nuts at this point because they're offering just a little bit of stock. And do you think that when those three billionaires are on toast? Let me tell you something. They are in an industry where we, we actually want our waiters to talk. This is like when you go to the, to the airport and you like give them the credit card. Yeah. You have to talk. Millennials don't like to talk. I understand they don't like to talk. I know they like to text. But in the end, if you own a restaurant, you want to go to that guy and say, may I suggest that you buy one of Kramer's mess caps? Uh, a glass of wine for the table at the end of the meal. I don't know. People like to get their check and go. Well, that's too bad. <laughs> they should go to a place that loses money. <laughs> uh, our thanks to Eunice Yoon, uh, who continues to do great work, as Jim said. Take a look at the futures here as we try to get back to levels that would make us break even for the week. A lot of news on Dell, Salesforce, Boeing, Tesla, Darden. Claims did tick up for a second week in a row to uh, 351K. Back in a minute. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. 
For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big-picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. The FDA authorizing Pfizer and BioNTech's COVID-19 booster shots for those 65 and older, along with other vulnerable Americans, six months after they complete their first two doses. The CDC's Vaccine Advisory Committee expected to vote this afternoon on the FDA's proposal. The EU, Jim, says they're going to decide probably by the beginning of October. Yeah, look, I, I think that the uh, Dr. Gottlieb has covered it very well. Uh, if, if it's good enough for people who are 60, why isn't it enough for people who are 50? We do know that there is uh, there are varying signs of the of how much the effectiveness declines, particularly for older people. But I think far more important than that is something that I know David has been following endlessly. David City has put out a catalyst watch on the Merck. Oh, have they? Yeah, I they didn't have. see that. I'm glad. As you of that today, out. we expect phase three data imminently from the Merck test, yep. uh, and it looks like that. Theirs will be vastly superior to Remdesivir. Uh, we're talking about Molnupiravir is the yes. Merck, is the Merck uh, drug in question. Of course, one I've been following closely because uh, Ridgeback by Therapeutics. Right, right. Is, the Ridgeback. Yeah, the Ridgeback originally licensed from them. That'll be potentially a game changer. We've talked about it a lot. Gottlieb's been talking about it a bit lately. Yes. Sort of the, what we call the Tamiflu for COVID, right? If, testing, right if, if your testing protocol is good enough, too, because any number of times you need to know you have it, and then you just take this... Hopefully, if the phase three data is robust and in five days, I mean, you knock the virus down completely, you're not contagious and you move on. And we will actually begin to treat treat this as the flu. Right. And that is what would get people to work. Yes. This could make J-PAL right, by the way, in terms of making the shortage. of. And the expectation has been that that, a city seems to be indicating that you will start, you'll get the data. Where are we? Uh, towards the end of September now? You know, maybe right. end of October, November. Yeah, this pine tree is very, very end of the call. year. People should be focused on work. And then you get an emergency usage if, in fact, the data is strong. Yeah. I'd like the city call very much. Yeah. Now, where are you in, un- where are you in, in uncontrolled spread? Uh, I have not read uncontrolled okay. spread. Have you, look, this book is devastating. Gottlieb's and book. I have Gottlieb on Monday. It's devastating in how horrible the CDC was. I mean, if you could do more things wrong. I mean, you know, like, wash your hands. No, I mean, turn up the aer- aerosol. But uh, I find it frightening. I find it frightening because if you had to do a science fiction story about an infection, you would say, and then there was this incompetent group of people. Where? See, did you guys see Walking Where? Dead season two? Uh, no. When uh, they were trying to get to the CDC, and the CDC turned out to be empty? Yikes. It turned where, out to where be true. Are you these it turned days out that Walking Dead was true. Your, uh, are you on booster number seven or eight? Have you? Which no, you've you got to be careful because once you get more than four, yeah. there are people who say that it does have another reaction that's bad. Really? Yeah, Doctor, okay. I Doctor Faust. You got to read Doctor Faust. But you call, Faust? follow Doctor Faust? You don't follow Doctor Faust? No. I don't. Oh, he's an ER physician up at Harvard. 
He's doing an article. He's doing a great piece right now that talks about you have to be very careful because I had said that I'd like to get a booster over and over again. He's doing an article right now saying that that is not a good idea. Okay. So I got my Moderna 3. Your 3. Which allows me basically to do be, anything you want. To go to any stadium Anywhere. in this country and watch the Eagles win. Yes. Well, you're in the age group that uh, that the panel voted on. I know. Uh, so and I feel great. That's, that's good. It's the only time I've ever felt great about this age. <laughs> I'm like saying, you know what? It's good to be the king. Yes, it is good to be the king. Except in the morning. Oh. Uh, by the way, Southwest Airlines on the tape saying that the uh, Delta variant impact has peaked. Got some headlines on Carnival as well about their fleet and reopening in New York City. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash and count down to the opening bell in a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Here's some uh, cheering beginning, of course. We've got seven minutes till we get to the opening bell. Engage smart, I think, uh, people from that Very company. Very smart, it's General Atlantic deal. Oh, is Very it? Good. A yeah, General Atlantic deal. Real company. Uh, all right. Speaking, earnings. Here's a, a company that's got a heck of a market cap and, and is still a subject of a great deal of debate. Oh, by the way, did you know that Lucid is almost the size of Ford? Yes, I did. Now, I think I even pointed that out to you yesterday. I was trying to take credit. Okay. All right, so Tudor Pickering Simple does something that is simply, this is sacrilege, what I'm about to tell you. Okay? Tell me. Especially in the, in the world of Kathy Wood and Woodstock. By the time he got to Woodstock, let me tell you something. They start Tesla with a cell and Fisker with a bot. <laughs> I, I went to see Hendricks. Did you? Yeah, I know. It was unbelievable. You saw Hendricks? Played at Temple University. What year was that? I don't know. I was like nine. It was amazing. All right. Back to Tesla okay, so, and this call. Exactly, so they exactly. like Fisker and they don't like Tesla. Yeah, now, the initiation of Tesla with the cell, I'm going to be very, uh, I, I, I'm going to be a little uh, iconoclastic about this. This is like, it reads like a bye-bye-bye. But what's more important is Fisker. Now, Fisker's got an asset like, Henrik Fisker, yes. Heinrich Fisker, sorry. He has an asset-like model. Remember, he designs. This is something that Bill McDermott from ServiceNow described to me. Because mm-hmm. he has an ocean, which is the car. He designs it. Others make it. It's an asset-like model. And I really like it. But it's not caught fire like Lucid. Right. And I think that I wouldn't do the sell Tesla side. I like Tesla. But the buy Fisker side, if you really think that, well, if you like what happened in Lucid, you could love what happens with Fisker. Interesting. All right, we don't have a Fisker chart for people right now, but uh, we'll take a look at that in a little bit. But Um, I do think, David, that people are now starting to talk about everything from Joby to Fisker. Yeah, they're back and they're bigger. They're big. I'll tell you, man. That uh, yeah, the Eve Toll Market or whatever they call it, EV Toll, right? Eve, David. You know the David. We are going to be in. We're going to fly in everything. We are going to talk about that and Morgan Stanley's view of the total addressable market for the the likes of yes, the TAM. TAM. Uh, We'll talk about Dell. We got to talk about that. I got I a like couple the, of things on SPACs to talk about. Growth. We got a lot to come, including an opening bell. And by the way, remember, you can catch us this. anytime, anywhere. You can listen to us. It's called the Squawk in the Street Opening Bell Podcast. I hope this person has security. This. 
going to unlock more potential for us to invest ahead. You know, the restaurant industry has been going through a massive transformation for the past decade. And we tend to put capital to work to innovate on behalf of the industry. In many ways, we feel like we're an extension of R&D for the restaurant industry. So we're going to put that capital to work and continue to innovate with new products and allow that restaurant community to thrive. That's right, so the head of toast on our air yesterday as the company uh, shares popped as much as 63% in their trading debut, despite yeah. Jim's ongoing skepticism. Well, look, I, I have to tell you, you got a, a market that everyone says, well, the total just market is growing. Uh, when you do it, a budget now for restaurant versus, say, five years ago, it's almost impossible to come up with why you should open a second restaurant or a third restaurant. And what Toast needs is continually opening of restaurants. It's not that Toast doesn't have a good product. Is first of all, there are other guys who would give away what Toast has in order to be able to get the back end. That could be Square. That could be Frank Bisignano at, at, at Clover. And I think he could do that easily at the Pfizer. But more importantly, yeah, Frank Bisignano's Pfizer. Yeah, Frank, yeah, he's good. Yeah. But more importantly, I don't think people understand the economics of restaurants. Even though Toast will save you money on servers, you don't want to open a new one because there's no money. There used to be a great, a great um, economy of scale to open many restaurants. Now, there isn't because the costs are too high. Supply chain and labor. That is, there's no doubt about that. We'll see how that much that eases. We'll talk about how it's affecting the car industry in a minute. Uh, let's get to the opening bell and the CNBC real-time exchange. At the big board, it is Engage Smart, a customer engagement and payment software company celebrating its IPO. At the NASDAQ, Remitly, a digital uh, fintech, also celebrating its IPO. We'll talk to the company's CEO on Tech Check uh, later on today. Um, we mentioned the auto companies because Alex Partners has this study out about overall supply disruptions, when it, what it's going to cost the car industry. Yeah. They're above $200 billion now. They were at 110 in May. So it's not getting better. I mean, when they have the meeting today with the White House and Ford yep. will be their GM, of course, Pat Gelsinger, I think, will uh, self-anoint him. As he'll self-anoint himself as being the spokesperson, even though he came in February to run uh, Intel. Okay. What matters to me is that by this point, if these guys had sat down with Global Foundries and said, listen, we want five foundries and here's a blank check because we're losing that much money, those foundries would be in action next year at this time. But the industry itself, the uh, uh, the auto industry and even the foundry industry are so reliant on Taiwan Semi, which, by the way, the Chinese just put a new guy in charge to be able to disrupt Taiwan. I don't know if you saw that. The guy who disrupted the Hong Kong democracy. Okay. He's just been put in charge to try to disrupt the Taiwan democracy. So we are so dependent on Taiwan Semi. I mean, we could do Global Foundries. They've got a very good one up in up New York State. Yes. But no, we just sit there and we talk, talk, talk. Why the $52 billion is bottled up in the house on, for semiconductor foundries. Well, Go figure. A lot of things are bottled up right now, and that's something we haven't actually gotten to, which is the infrastructure yeah. bill, the trillion, yes. the $3.5 trillion. Uh, the fighting amongst the Democrats, not to mention then concerns about the debt limit, uh, which... We'll either choose to talk about it every day or maybe we should just talk about it if and when it really happens. I know. I waffle on how much. When I was I trying to do my breakdown of how much I wanted to spend on, on the, the 
on, on this. I just keep remembering that. Well, we've done it in you, so many years. I just past remember where ten we years about ago. It every day, and then of course, it I knew gets ten passed. years ago when in, when I was attending a Philadelphia Eagles practice, and one of the offensive linemen, I said, "What do you think about the game this weekend?" And he said, "I don't know. You tell me about the, the debt ceiling. I'm far more worried about the debt ceiling than I am about playing the Cowboys." Now, how do you think we did against the Cowboys? Now, I, I think it's very important to recognize that when 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 offensive linemen are worried about the debt ceiling, we're late in the game. Okay, this isn't Dave Tepper down in Texas watching the, the Houston Texans about the uh, you know about to lose to the Carolina Panthers. You can bring it back to football virtually uh, any road that's you go a, down. That's a memory. That's 2012, I imagine, right? It, 20, 2011. 2011. And it was incredible because Andy Reid wanted to. I think it's 2011. Andy Reid wanted to know my thought about it, and then Andy <laughs> Reid gave my cell phone number to anybody who wanted to know about financial. <laughs> and the only guy who cared was Brian Westbrook, number 36, who's a great follow, by the way. Is well, it, third, by the yeah, way, a punch ball says West. today that OMB is going to start sending out guidelines on the shutdown starting oh, today. Right. So, is it the national parks again? Although oh, yeah, David Costin did a piece earlier in the week, Jim, that looked back at all 18 shutdowns and the impact on returns near term was, except for 2018, was kind of negligible. That was a fantastic piece. Costin's life must be miserable. That, that piece took was painstaking. His life may be even more miserable than Michael Semblis over at J.P. Morgan, who does a lot of great stuff, yeah. uh, it, but catches more fish. I thought that Costin piece was brilliant, and that was one of the reasons why, David, I did not want to spend too much time on debt ceiling, because he basically says, if you waste your time on this, you Good. should be focused on other things. All right. Well, I will focus on other things and stop wasting time on the debt ceiling. Let's talk Dell because uh, it's an important day for the company. It's having an analyst meeting. It begins a half hour from now. And, of course, the oh, long-awaited spin of its ownership of VMware is occurring uh, November 21st. Uh, if you're a shareholder, by the way, of VMware, you're going to get 0.44 shares of VMware for each De- Dell share, or I should say for Dell. And the value of that VMware distribution is equal to about $50 uh, per share of Dell. If you're a Dell, just Dell Technologies uh, holder, uh, you know, no change to the uh, number of basic Dell shares outstanding. They are going to get another $9.3 billion. That's a special dividend being paid by VMware to Dell. But the key thing a lot of investors here have been waiting is what are the projections going to be? What's the capital right. return going to look like in terms of Dell, which is going to, a company that is going to produce a lot of cash flow? And they seem to like what they're getting this morning, although you can see the stock is not doing much. A share repurchase will be put in place effective after the spin of VMware. Five billion bucks uh, will be the size of that. That was a bit more than people had anticipated. They also are committing to returning between 40 and 60 percent of adjusted free cash flow starting in fiscal 2023. Uh, that is a bit better than a number of analysts, I think, who have uh, been following the company expect. Remember, there's always this undercurrent, Jim, of Michael Dell and people remember the past that, you know, is he really looking out for me? Is he really trying to do a creeping LBO of the company? Is he just going to amass a lot of cash and use that eventually to take it private again? It seems to go uh, against that. Um, given the capital returns they're talking about, with a dividend, by the way, now that could equate to as much as a 2% yield, and then overall 3 to 4% revenue, top line growth, and 6% plus non GAAP BPS uh, growth scene. So <laughs> that's what we're hearing on Dell. You can see those stocks not doing much. Okay, let's talk about whether these out from stuff or not. Uh, a little more than a year ago, uh, when the stock was in the 60s, he wanted to come on Mad Money. Why? Because he said, you should buy my stock, it's really cheap. Even uh, XVMware. Yep. Now, if he's really out for himself, why is he telling everyone to go buy my stock? I'm, I'm not saying he is. I'm not saying that that is the case. I'm no, saying I'm, that's been the perception. Right, I'm but I am saying, saying that that 
Right. He, By the way, what they're announcing this morning would also seem to indicate that it is not about some sort of creeping LBO. I'm glad you said that. that. They I aren't just... going to go about doing some large acquisition or amassing enormous cash position, given they're going to be returning, let's call it 50% of free cash flow, to shareholders. You know, it's funny. I say it, Dait, uh, mad money's not about uh, friends, it's about money. I've gotten to know Michael Dell over the years. Uh, and I find myself saying to people, do you know how much money he gives to hospitals, children's hospitals? He's very he's, charitable. He's also one of the wealthiest, that, he's one of the wealthiest we men on the planet. And we don't talk, no, but we don't talk enough about CEOs who do a, lot, a, a great deal of, of good he does, things. He does a lot of good things. And, and when I had him on, I wanted yes. him to talk about it. And he said, listen, I don't do that he for you to talk about. He owns more than 50% of Dell, by the way, economics. But, so. but I'm just yeah. saying that it's okay periodically. And he has that huge investment arm. Adam, too. Yeah. Oh, he has a member. He he brought in the former CEO of well, former he brought, in Greg, head, he brought Greg, Greg Lemkow Lemkow over there. But I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I've been trying at my advanced stage where I can now get the third Moderna to try to periodically mention that some that some of these CEOs are doing great things and they're not doing it to be mentioned, but that we should mention. All right, that's that's good. Look at what uh, Musk has done for St. Jude uh, just this past couple of weeks. And that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, speaking of CEOs that you have on. Uh, CRM raising their revenue guide for the year, giving us some initial revenue guidance for fiscal 23. Uh, 26.3 to 26.4 billion for the year, Jim. Yeah, it's a little bit better. Now, there are going to be some people who say, oh, please. Uh, This is the analyst meeting that always comes with with, uh, Dreamforce. And I thought that what was great was that we were worried about 2023 guidance. Now, here's the star of the show, David. And I know that you're focused on something else. So I I don't mind just. No. All right. Here's the star of the show, Carl. Make it quick. It's 20 percent. Gross margins, gross margins are going up, and that's why people are excited, because of the gross margins going up. This was the same meeting, by the way, where if you want to look back perspective, that he said, I'm not going to buy uh, Twitter. Oh, well, wow. this time, that the was... gross margins going from 18 to 20% is a very big deal, Dave. It was a long time ago. All right, okay, I, 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 do want to get to, I do want to get to SPACs, guys. There's a, 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 this story it's that I've been... SPAC report? I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's a SPAC report. We could call it a SPAC report. You saw, though, I want to get to Elizabeth Warren, of course, your close friend. Um, there's the... There's the uh, love that. Um, yep, Johnny this Gilbert. theme we've been talking about with these incredibly high redemption rates leaving incredibly low floats and basically investors looking for the worst of the SPACs and saying, darn, why don't I own that? That's the world we're living in right now, the latest AMHC. And I'm making no comment here about whether or not it's a good company, a bad company. Uh, there's the SPAC thing. But you guys, you got to go back and show AMHC. It was on there for two seconds. Um, 93%, thank you, of the shares are redeemed. So that only leaves 738,000 shares outstanding. There's no shares. That's how many? 738,000. So if I'm one of those luckies, is it like a lottery ticket? Yes. You, if you chose not to redeem, if you're one of the 7% who chose not to redeem, you're like, yay. Uh, 130 million minimum cash requirement, of course. They didn't get anywhere near that because everybody redeemed. That was waived. Um, but yesterday, if you didn't see it, Senator Warren and uh, a number of other senators did raise concerns over what they're calling misaligned incentives and SPACs. Uh, as you take a look there, and uh, saying, quote, they reveal significant market dysfunction with insiders taking advantage of legislative and regulatory gaps at the expense of ordinary investors. We're concerned about the misaligned incentives between SPACs creators and early investors on the one hand and retail investors on the oh, I think it's a much better call than a breakup Wells Fargo, which someone then, of course, asked Jay Powell about yesterday. And then he had to say, listen, I'm monitoring Wells Fargo closely. What's he supposed to say? Like, I'm going to let him run amok? I like this call much more. Amplitude, of course, David. What does Amplitude do? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It bought Jasper Therapeutics. Oh, it's 
Yeah. Oh, therapeutics. Yeah. Okay. So it's, is it better than a year ago? I don't know what Jasper Therapeutics does. And by the way, nobody owns it knows. How about Butterfly? Uh, Did you see that GE bought a... Yes, yes, $1.45 billion hey, deal. Less than what Butterfly's worth. Your friend... Uh, yes, Larry Robbins. Larry Robbins. He is friend. Yes, he is friend. Uh, but yeah, Dave, David's right. I mean, this is the lottery ticket. We've got to find now, 10, 10 SPACs that you can do this with. Well, right, well, that's what's going on right and now. And Elizabeth Warren... People are making decisions about what to redeem and not based on what they think is going to be the highest redemption rate and then don't redeem because of what happens here. Does Senator Warren reference your work since you're the only one doing any of this? Uh, they reference CNBC a lot in their that's, report. There you go. By the way, speaking of former SPACs, uh, Joby, uh, Morgan Stanley, you saw this. Guys, oh. I, this caught my eye. It's Joby not what they Joby. had to say about Joby. It's this. Joby Aviation is the first mover to address the urban air mobility market. Remember Archer, right. which was just here the other day, uh, is another one, which we estimate could have a total addressable market of a trillion dollars in 2040. But get this. It's going to be a big decade. Nine trillion dollars by 2050. Nine trillion. Nine trillion. Nine trillion. Nine trillion. Nine. And did you I, notice that Adam Jonas did I, not put his name on that particular piece the, of research? I looked for the research behind this $9 trillion nine trillion. market uh, total address. $98.5 And all I could find was a graph that just goes, that just shows, that's it. Hey. But there's no, like... What do they That's do? Like, just like remember when Portnoy like picked out some uh, yeah. symbols in Scrabble and then bought yeah. the stock? Well, that's that's the kind yeah, of work they're doing. It's going to go like that. It's going. It's going like that. Uh, there David's it is. Showing me a nine chart. trillion. Nine trillion. Uh, can I just memo to they're James? Memo to James Gorman. Memo to James the Gorman. Flying cars You're are better than be that. Everywhere. Flying cars. Yeah. You're better than that. This is Logan's run. Remember Logan's run? Mm-hmm. Man, I was finished, but I would have been finished 36 years ago. Um, there is, this is preposterous. And I do think that when you do something like a nine, nine trillion TAM, David, it hurts the whole research department. Uh, really quick, uh, let's just do Darden uh, because they beat and they yep. ra- uh, raise guidance, Jim. Some of these, uh, some of the comps are really good. And if if restaurants can print like this into the quarter, uh, it's going to be interesting. It's an all-time high. Okay, now this was what was really incredible about Darden, and, and yeah, their, the numbers were better: dollar seventy-six versus what people dollar sixty-five. Olive Garden missed. Olive Garden only did thirty-seven percent comps versus forty-six. Of course, this is against people who are close. Now, David, will you focus for ten seconds on me because I've got something? Um, where they made their money was Longhorn. Now, Longhorn's got, they have more than 500 Longhorns. David, when you go to Longhorn with me, and I happen to love my Longhorn, they, they have the single best Bloody Mary I have ever had. Also, fine dining. It's so great. Yeah. Oh, my I no God. Idea. I love, you know, even Lisa, we sat down there. We had an hour and a half time at Longhorn. It was one of the best. I'm telling you, I haven't had a Bloody Mary or that kind of scene since, I don't know, when I was in Budapest and I asked my wife to uh, marry me. Really? Oh, sorry, it was Prague. Mm. <laughs> that happens a lot. Let's get the bond report here really quick. Take a look at how treasuries are doing on this eventful week coming out of the Fed meeting. Keep your eye on the curve. And, of course, the 10-year uh, as the Dow's up almost 400 points. 10-year, 136.5. And the S&P at these levels almost exactly flat for the week. Incredible. We're back in a minute. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. Rick Santelli here. Live breaking news, CMEHQ, our September preliminary read on the market, M-A-R-K-I-T, PMIs. On manufacturing, 
That's a bit of a miss. Sequentially, it follows the August final at 61.1. And you have to go all the way back to April when we equaled 60.5. And, of course, March, 59.1 is truly the last time we're at these or below that level. And if we look at what lies in services, a big disappointment here, 54.4, 54.4. You have to go all the way back to July July of last year to find a lower number. And finally, let's look at the composite PMI. That's at 54.5. You have to go back to September of last year to find a lower number. So a bit of a miss, especially on services, which is the larger swath of the U.S. economy. And we hope that the reopening gets back on track as it was negatively affected, obviously, by the variant. Squawk on the Street will return after these messages. Looks like Fortnite won't be returning to the App Store anytime soon, according to a series of emails published on Twitter by Epic Games CEO Tim Sweeney. He writes, quote, Apple lied. Apple spent a year telling the world, the court and the press, they'd, quote, welcome Epic's return to the App Store if they agreed to play by the same rules as everybody else. Epic agreed, and now Apple has reneged in another abuse of its monopoly power over a billion users. That's one front. The other is... Um, more research this morning, Jim, out of B of A in particular, the lead times for the phone, the 13 series, above the 12 and above the 11. Yeah, and I think that you, well, you and I have seen the phone. I think it's rather amazing, and there's a tremendous interest by the phone companies to give it away. I, look, I, I think Epic is a good company, but frankly, that is, if you read the court opinion, that, 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 that is, I, they're not being facetious, but that's just not true. And I think if Tim Cook were here, he would show you the documents. It's completely untrue. And I, I wish them luck, but that's not going to get them any points. They lost that case, okay? Lock, stock, and barrel. This is not going to put them in any good favor with the court. Um, I do think that we should be talking more about the 13 uh, and China, where I think there's going to be excitement about it. I think the three camera is very exciting. The two phone numbers that you can have, really incredible. Uh, and remember, it, we've always wanted to have two phone numbers. You get to another country, you immediately plug it in. And but, you know, one of the most exciting features for those of us who travel is that you can look at a menu and it translates the menu. And I don't know. It's all these little oddities that add up to I have to have it. It's oddities. It's, it's little quirks. <laughs> and the one that really in the end drives things is battery life. Yeah. And they did, they did see some advances this time around, for sure. Uh, we're going to keep our eye on that. Of course, tomorrow's the big day for the rollout. Dow's up 400. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Hey, Bob. Morning, guys. Guess what? We're positive for the week. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is positive. S&P is essentially flat. Remarkable comeback, considering what happened on Monday. Take a look at the sectors, and it's the cyclicals uh, that are leading. So you're seeing energy stocks, banks having a good morning, retail stocks, energy China now has gone negative uh, on, on some concerns about Evergrande, but uh, overall market's positive here. Microcosm on uh, the earnings situation and on the corporate America from Darden, excellent numbers, uh, really good numbers. Uh, and the same store sales were really strong. But look what they said. They're having some serious staffing problems. So this is the labor shortages. They're having to quarantine some workers, because, which is causing, this, obviously, some disruptions. They're concerned about raising prices too much. They're now talking about what we ought to be doing is focusing on lowering costs not raising prices. This is a microcosm of what corporate America is going through right now. It's not hurting Darden. They had great numbers. That 163, that's an historic high, I believe, for Darden. So a great day for them overall. Nike after the close, another great global bellwether. Remember, they bet 40, 50 percent of the sneakers are made in Vietnam. They've had disruptions there. We'll hear about supply chain disruptions from them as well. How serious 
That is, uh, they get maybe 20 percent of their sales from China. So we'll see how the lockdown's affecting them. This is another great company because it's truly global. Supply chain's global. Their sources are global. Their revenues are global. Take a look at the revenues here. North America is about 40 percent. But you can see uh, greater China is about 20 percent. Europe and the Middle East, 26 percent. So really good read on the global economy. Always good from Nike. And remember, they had an amazing earnings beat back in June. They beat like... 80 percent. You see that big move up? That was June. 80 percent beat on their earnings. I don't expect that to happen again, but you get the idea. It really does move them. Uh, I've been asked a lot about exposures, ETF exposures to Evergrande. And the answer is for U.S. investors, generally small, but there are ways that people have been exposed here. So there are some global real estate funds. Uh, Global X runs a uh, China real estate fund there. You see it's CHIR. And you see that effect there moving down on that. But even there, the exposure is very small for Evergrande. Vanguard runs a global uh, real estate investment uh, ETF, XUS. Again, very, very tiny uh, exposures there. And there are some people out there who are going into emerging market high yield fund, emerging market high yield. Yeah. Some of these throw off four and a half, five percent. There's one EEMD. That's got some very small exposure again to Evergrande. But this goes to this idea. People are really reaching for yield uh, out there. And sometimes you get very high on, on the risk spectrum. Finally, we are waiting for Gary Gensler, the SEC chair, to issue his report. He has promised Congress months a report by the end of summer. And this is it uh, on GameStop, Robinhood, Reddit. What happened with all that? Uh, he's particularly indicated that he has some concerns with some aspects of market trading, market structure in the United States, particularly regarding gamification of trading and also payment for order flow. I sat down with Larry Tabb. He's one of the great experts on market structure in the United States for my Trader Talk column today. So if you want to understand payment for order flow and whether it is or is not harming retail investors, Trader Talk.cnbc.com for more on that. And Carl, I'm anticipating a report Probably within the next week or so. He's been promising this report for months of what happened there. And uh, investors are eagerly awaiting that. Carl? All right. Bob, thank you. Uh, Bob Pisani. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Okay, look. One of the things that people are not focused on is the GE, which did sell its kind of life sciences business that's so great to Dan Herb, which, remember, Larry Culp was there. It was a great, but he needed the money. But now he's on the offense. Uh, He's spending money to buy uh, an ultrasound business that I think is incredibly good, BK Medical, that had it gone public, I think it would be worth a great deal. And this is the beginning of what I think is the expansion of of a business that is so good, the healthcare business, MRI, ultrasound. So congratulations to them. They're finally in a position to be able to, Larry Culp has got it, so that they have the balance sheet to be able to pay $1.45 billion for a company's deal closes in 2022, and that's why the stock's up. It's the emphasis that Larry Culp is now playing offense. I think a lot of us are cheering for Larry because we're cheering for GE, and this is a very positive side. All right, Jim, how about tonight? Okay, tonight I got a company that we're seeing right in front of us, uh, Bob Bennett from Engage Smart. But the biggest get, it's not Matt, by the way, it's Maddox. The yeah. biggest get I've had in a long time, Win Resource, Matt Maddox. Is yeah. Macau really in play? What's going on? We are going That's to great. find out eat things that even President Xi doesn't know. And I know right now he's in my left molar. Sorry. Is he? Right. Well, no, that. What's the president, she owns all our molars. Does he, now, he listens to everything on our brains. He does. But I want to find out what Wynn is, is what, what's going to happen. By the way, I think Wynn, the, alone, the Vegas win is worth the price of the company now, given the fact that we're no longer getting any valuation from Macau, which is just plain nuts. It's nuts. It's Joby. 
That's the new word for nuts. Nine, nine trillion. That has to do with. I remember when I sat with nine Jensen. Trillion Jensen Wong. He showed me how to land a man on Mars so perfectly. Joby must be about landing. It's going to be all about the interplanetary. No, you ever see the great Richard Pryor, the first man on the sun? Yes. <laughs> They're putting men on the sun. Joe, That's what Joby's about. I'm glad we stayed for that, but we got to go. We'll see you tonight on Mad Money 6 p.m. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.